evening and thank you for joining Milkshake Monday, episode 120, A Place for You. Now, we're coming up on a celebration where all of us during the week and days before and after will we'll come together and we'll be thankful. And as we start to talk about A Place for You, it's my prayer through the Holy Spirit that this teaching will allow you to be calmed for the things that are troubling you, challenge for those of you who want to grow in your relationship with Christ, and corrected for those of you who may have some misunderstanding and bad information when it comes to the things of God and the word of God about this teaching and the contents of it. So it's my prayer for the Holy Spirit to take charge. Now, when you say the word place, we have a lot of sayings using the word place. People say, oh, there's a special place in heaven for you. Oh, there's a place in my heart for you. Oh, we'll save a place at the dinner table for you. Oh, did you get placed in that job? Oh, where, where are you living right now? Where's your place? Like, is it near me? You know, things that we use the word place for are very different. But in the case of tonight, we're going to talk about what the scripture is speaking to when Christ was talking to his disciples, trying to comfort them because he had basically just told them that he's about to leave to go back into heaven. And I want to encourage you, for those of you who did not listen to yesterday's teaching from Reverend Michael Watts on Romans 8 about the groans and glory, I do ask you to look and listen to it because as he was teaching yesterday, I was saying the Holy Spirit has got us in one accord because what he was talking about, it was, it was so timely to what God had put on my heart to teach tonight. So I wanted you to have that perspective because... Why I say we need to be calm is because in the midst of the pandemic and what we're going to go through this special time for this holiday season upon us and the one coming up right after, we have got to make some choices and some changes. And for many of us, when you think about having your celebrations and at the table, you have that place that you're normally used to having grandma and mom and dad and cousins and all these people. Now we've been asked out of obedience and wisdom to just have our immediate family and not do those things. But a part of that makes you sad and disappointed and you're, you're, in a, you're in a place where you're unsettled. But in this instance tonight, we're going to talk about spiritual things. And it's so easy for us to get messed up with worldly, earthly things, because that's mostly what we know. That's what we've been taught. But tonight we're going to start in John 3, verse 12, because in this case, Jesus Christ himself has been speaking to Nicodemus about spiritual things and earthly examples to explain to him about the born again experience. And I'm not going to talk about this, but I want you to see one of the nuggets that he says meaning Jesus Christ says to Nicodemus, which I want you to take hold of tonight. Verse 12 says, Christ is speaking. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So tonight, it'll be easy for you to think I'm talking about earthly things because that's what we know. And when we go to John 14, we're going to see some things where Christ is talking about the father having many mansions or rooms, places, and all of us get into our mind, these earthly things that I, that I want to correct, that you think of, of mansions, buildings only. 
I remember one of my aunties loved that song about sending up your timber. Guys and gals, we have nothing to do in the sense of preparing for that place that Christ says, I go to prepare a place. Our, our what we say works don't make that place that he's preparing. So when you sing these songs that sound really nice, melodies and historical perspective of what we're singing, we're singing things that are not in context of the truth of God's word. Only Christ can go and prepare a place in his father's kingdom, in heaven. And we're going to start to see some of that. So let's go to John chapter 14. Well, let's start first and 13 in the verses beforehand, because I want you to have the perspective of what was going on for why he found himself telling his disciples not to be troubled or in fear or trepidations or just upset because he just explained to them that he's going away. He's been walking with his disciples for over three and a half years, but he's explaining there's going to be a change. And some of you, there's been a magnificent earth shattering change in the midst of the last few months because people have died. People are sick. You're distant from things that you're normally familiar with in contact with seeing and things are dramatically altering you, upsetting you. But we're going to start here at chapter 13. Let's start at verse 32. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify himself immediately. Little children, verse 33. I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews where I am going, you cannot come. Listen what he says. Where I am going, you cannot come. Now, it says here, so now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. That's you and I, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, that's at love, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter, y'all know Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, where are you going? It wasn't just Thomas who didn't know the way. Peter was saying, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. He hasn't given his life. He hasn't sacrificed his blood. He hasn't had that situation where he's going to offer his sinless blood to God for the wages of the sin that we committed. And the death that we deserve, he's got to offer his life as that sacrifice for us. But he's saying after that sacrifice, those who believe in him, that born again experience from John 3, y'all can come. But every little child, just because they're a little child, just because they're a creation of God, doesn't mean you get to go be where he's getting ready to talk about. Now here it says here, verse 37, Peter said to him, I, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him with the truth that some of us has to have to recognize. Will you lay down your life for me, for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you that, roost, that a rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Now we jump into chapter 14 where we get the title. 
They're listening to this exchange between Peter, who's pretty much one of their leaders as far as the disciples go. And Christ is saying back to him, Peter, you're going to deny me. So they're probably thinking, Peter's going to deny him. What's going to be with us? What's going to happen to us? And he's saying he's going somewhere and we can't follow him now, but afterward. So they're not understanding. But then Christ transitions in chapter 14 to talk about this place. It says, let not your heart be troubled. And that's what some of us got right now. We're in the midst of some troubling times of our minds. We're thinking not about Christ in heaven. We're thinking about, oh, my folks that I've lost, which is it's grief and it hurts. But then we're thinking about, I can't see grandmama. I can't see auntie. I can't see the uncle. I can't see my children. You're going through all of this loss that you cannot have. And Christ is saying, even in the midst of these things, we have to be careful not to fear and to be troubled and start to think on him. Because what we're thinking about is not here and now. We have to think about the afterwards of what he promised to say after he gave his sacrifice, which he's given. He's going to prepare a place for us. It says, let not your heart be troubled. The reason why I didn't put in the title, I go to prepare a place for you, because sometimes when you hear those titles, you just say, you zone out. I know it. I know this. I know this. I, I don't really need to hear this. I want you to focus on a place. He is the preparer of the place and he's the one going. But I want us to talk about the place. Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. This is the first of the two times he's going to say this. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, which you know he does go. If I go and prepare a place for you, that's the second time. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Here's the thing. Remember when the children said, it can't come. Christ had just told Peter, you can't follow me now. But he starts to transition to say, when I go, after I make this sacrifice that I and only I can make, then I will let those of you who believe and trust in me and live with the knowledge and hope of me and my sacrifice for you, I'm going to go to a place, but we're going to start to talk about some things and where I go, you know, and the way, you know, now everybody always says doubt and Thomas, but if we had been in this situation, we would have probably asked, where are you going? Just like Peter said, where are you going? But Don, Thomas says something that many of us would probably say, well, how do you think we're going to get there? We don't know where you're going. But Thomas says, he's in verse five, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And he says those very powerful words that we hear often in church, but I want you to take it to another level tonight. Pray Holy Spirit to help. Jesus said to him, I am the way. He said, how do we know the way? I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except through me. If you've known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Now, in me, not being a preacher, I'm not Reverend Helm, I'm not Reverend uh, Watts or Reverend Scott, I'm Anita, I'm like you. People think through osmosis, people married to a preacher are supposed to know all this stuff. It doesn't work like that. 
You know, when we go to McDonald's or Longhorn, we don't just have these dissertations about the Bible. We have talk and God expects me to study and to pray and to read. And believe me, saints, I'm just like you. I'm a learner. So let's go to John 17, because I think it will be informative about the preparation for as he's going, he's going to prepare a place. But remember, it's the father that Christ has told us when we go to pray, we pray to the father in his name. So as he's getting to prepare this place, I want you to see that some of the preparation is starting in John 17, the communications that he's having with the father. Now, I can't read all of John 17, but I'm going to give you some nuggets. And then we're going to get to 24 to the 26. And we're going to see some of the key areas about the preparation. But look at what he's talking to the father about how he's finished the work that the father gave him to do. But look at what he starts to say in the preparation. Verse 5, and now, O father, glorify me. Y'all know that. Glorify me together with yourself. The Holy Spirit is only going to speak of himself. So we know that Christ is going to follow the Father's business by sacrificing himself so that John 3.16 comes to fruition. That he will sacrifice himself, the only begotten son, so that he will be glorified that he's done the Father's will, but he's also paid the death penalty for the wages of sin is death and it's his death, his sacrificial lamb without sin. But he says here in verse five, and now, O father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory, which I had with you before the world was. Now here's the thing. I, just as Christ, I have manifested your name to the men whom you've given. Those are the disciples, but it's you and I today. He's manifested himself to show them who the father is. Because guess what? As he prepares, he's preparing with this discussion with the father about us, about the disciples. He's talking about the men, save the one that was from the son of perdition, which is Judas. But he's talking about all the disciples, not just the now, the, the now, but the future and the past. He says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. So a key thing of preparation is that Christ is sharing the father. He's kept everything in the divine plan. He shared who he is in truth. He is the word. Remember the word became flesh and the, he is the word. So we have been shared the message of Christ as preparation for us to know and believe who he is. And he talks about the truth. Now verse seven says, now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. We understand that everything about Christ is the father. To know Christ is to know the father. Just like that question that Thomas asked, he's reminding him that the father, they know you because they know me and we're one. This conversation is preparation, but it's leading to verse 24. For I have given to them, that's us, the words, that's the word himself, which you have given me and they have received them and have known surely that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. See all of this thing is, is he's talking about his father has many mansions, but he's also saying, I'm going to the father, but y'all can't get to this, this father unless you come through me who's the truth and the life. 
But see, we have an issue. We focus on so many other things, but we don't understand the place that he's preparing is the place in the Father's kingdom. And that the Father is going to be the one who is going to have to be given account for each and every life. And only through those who come through the Son do they have access through the Father. So he's starting the preparation now to talk to his Father about the disciples that will come, that will be presented to the Father. He's talking and preparing for that now so that we can go, so that we'll have a place in the kingdom. And look what it says here. He's talked about this truth. He's talked about the word of God. Now he's talking about, I pray for them. He's praying for us. This preparation that we always just fly by, it's prayer. It's the groanings that the spirit is doing for us in this natural plane, in this earthly plane. And just like Nicodemus, he had to say to him, if you don't understand what I'm talking to you about earthly things, how are you going to be able to understand these spiritual things? Just like we say, oh, I'm going to prepare a place and we got in our mind that we're going to have a, a five-bedroom mansion. We're going to have streets of gold. That's earthly thinking. Take it a notch and pray about spiritual things. He says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. Now, I can't read all of this. But then verse 13 talks about joy. So we have truth. We have his word. We have prayer. He talks about joy. Now go over to verse 24. Y'all read all of 17 with the understanding that he's having this conversation with the father before he gives the ultimate sacrifice of his life for us. But look at verse 24. Verse 24 says, Father, here's the ask that Christ has for us as he's preparing for us to go and have a place. He's going, but he wants us to go and be there with us. That this sacrifice he's about to make is so that we'll be able to have that fellowship with the Father. We are sinful creatures, but we're going to be washed whiter than snow, not for our acts or our works or sending up our timber crap, but because of the work of Christ that he let his life be sacrificed. They didn't take his life. He sacrificed his life. But this is the ask he has of the father because this is a two-way conversation between him and the father. This is verse 24. Father, I desire that they, the disciples, us. Yes, it was the disciples that were there, but he's talking about all of us now in the future. I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. And we know where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, the father. And he's letting the father know that those who believe and trust and depend and follow after me and the word, and I'm praying and seeking and, and getting moans from them and groans from the spirit because I'm praying after them. I'm praying that they will understand, just like what it says in Romans 8 that Reverend Watts was speaking of. It says, whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. Now, if you know anything about the Old Testament, when Moses asked, could he see God Almighty? He said, you can't, no man can see me and live. But Christ is talking about when we take on the glorified body, not this earthly body, that he wants us to be with him, with the father. But he says, I want them to see my glory. 
We can't see his glory and live. Do y'all remember how he did it at the Mount Transfiguration? He turned himself inside out and he was white as so white and pure. That was just him turning himself outside in. Imagine in his full glory in heaven with the Father. That he says that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you. Remember he said, if you have known me, you know the Father. But the world doesn't want to know Christ. They want to know all kinds of, of Santa Claus and fictitious stuff and rabbits and, and Easter bunnies and all this stuff of make-believe. But to know Christ, he said the world has not known you. Talking about his Father. And they have known that you sent me. And these, excuse me, have known that you sent me. That's us. We know why Christ came. Because of the divine plan. Verse 26. And I have declared to them. That's us. Your name. This is preparation. For the place that he has for you and I. And I have declared to them your name. And will declare it. That the love in which you love me may be in them and I in them. Back to that other scripture of John 13. We need to love one another. But you know what? We are so focused on the self and what's happening in the now. We can't put ourselves to understand that the place that he has for us is spiritual. We have to be able to take the things that are in this Bible and not look at them through the lens of the natural earthly things, but through the spiritual things. If you're focused on going to heaven because you want to have a big house, that you want to have things, guess what? Whether you are in a shack, on the street, in a little house, in a big house on this coming holiday or the holidays to come, you got to think about the place that Christ is making for you because it's not about a building made with hands. That's not what the place is about. If that's what your focus is, the place is that he's got relationship and kinship. We are with the father because of the son. He's allowing us to have access to the father and a place in the kingdom of God. That is not about a builder. We're going to be a part of the bride of Christ. Now, I, I know last week or so I ended with Revelation 21, but I want you to see the, the things of Revelation 21 with the knowledge that Christ is going to prepare a place for you and I. That's a spiritual thing we have to be in prayer through the Holy Spirit to understand. And look what it says in Revelation 21 with the eye of that place. It says, now I saw a new heaven. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. What we going through here clinging on to? It's going to be gone, saints. It's going to be gone. It says it's passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared. Do y'all hear this? Prepared. He ain't just talking about mansions and houses. He's got a new heaven and a new earth. And he's talking about the new Jerusalem. 
He said, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned. Do y'all know who the church is? We are the church. Christ is the bridegroom. We need to be those wise virgins. We need to be prepared and seek his face. It says, and prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Do y'all see that coming together? How we're coming together? How we couldn't come unless he gave that sacrifice. But he's saying the tabernacle of God, that glory, is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. That's that place. We want to be his people. We want to be dwelling with him. We want to see his glory. We want to praise him. We want to adore him. We want to sing Hosanna, Hosanna. It says here, God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Guess what? COVID one day is going to pass away. The grief that we're feeling because of all of these quarter of a million deaths in the United States and over worldwide millions that are now in the future millions to come. I'm not being gloom and doom. I'm telling you, we got some hardships that are on the way. We got some birth pains that are coming, but all of that is going to pass away. But if we only focus about the earthly things of, I don't have to be I can't be with my family during Thanksgiving. I can't be where I want to be at Christmas. I can't be where I want to be at New Year's. I, 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 I. We have to take the I and focus on the eternal place, the spiritual things. And the last scripture I want to leave you with here, verse 5. Then he sat on the throne, said, he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write for these words are true and faithful. We serve a true and faithful God. And I am so grateful that the opportunity to teach and to share Milkshake Monday, I thank you guys for your prayers. I thank the Holy Spirit for helping me to learn of the word of God in order to help. I'm not a preacher. But I love the Lord and I pray, God, that I've said something tonight through the Holy Spirit to help you understand that he is gone to prepare a place for you and for me. And that's something when you get down and troubled, that's what he said. Don't be troubled. He's gone to prepare a place for you. And that's something that we know because he's coming back for his saints. He's coming back and there's going to be a rapture and we could be excited for that. And I thank you and I pray Lord's will that the next time I see you will be on next Monday and we'll learn more of the Lord. Have a wonderful holiday. Love you.